you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Nikki. And I'm Will. And Sherry V and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We really do appreciate you listening. Yes. Today, um, our topic is all that glitters, all that glitters. And um, it really is a transitioning of America part three, as, mm-hmm. as we said. Um, we're going to continue digging in as we look at what is going on um, with our children, what's happening in this country, and how basically we are losing our kids in droves. And even some of us are being carried away Mm. as we are. And this is sad to say, but as we are being effectively transitioned Mm. in America, it is it is a countrywide transitioning. Some are doing a physical type transitioning, but Mm -hmm. there's a mental transitioning happening, too. That's exactly right. The way that people think, the, the things that. Uh, standards that are being, you know, uh, uh, eroded, things mm-hmm. that people held, you know, pretty strong and dear, now yes. being like kind of, man, wiped away. I think that's an excellent way to put it because, you know, that's one of the things that I really was trying to hit on that we would understand exactly yeah. what I mean when I talk about transitioning because right. I think people are thinking, okay, well, we do want to. Um, grab our kids, you know, before they go over the cliff. Like, we don't want our kids to go over the cliff, almost sort of a, you know, we want to be a catcher sort of a thing. Um, But I think this is truly one of those instances where we find ourselves in a situation where it's really pronounced that we've got to secure our masks first, Mm. right? And then secure the mask of your neighbor, which would be, you know, talking about your family in this this particular um, illustration here. And it's, it's really concerning to me. And so today I want to talk about um, all that glitters. I mentioned um, in one of our Transitioning America um, broadcasts, I, I mentioned the glitter family, how now what you've got cropping up is you've got um, what is called, oh, before I do that, Will the Great, can we let our listeners know, remind our listeners about the yeah. Marriage Family Life Conference? I apologize. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can still register. Please register. MarriageFamilyLife.net, Marriage Family Life. Dot net for the Marriage Family Life Conference happening July 7th to the 9th uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Bancorp South Arena. If you need more information, you can go to marriagefamilylife.net. You can see who the speakers are. Uh, you can get hotel um, you know, things. You can see see them there. They're listed there. And, and man, it's just going to be a great time. Uh, I, I, I just would admonish you to register. Register now if you can um, because there will be a cutoff date. And we're going to give mm-hmm. that date uh, pretty soon. But marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net to get your tickets. 
Okay, so today's uh, program, All That Glitters, The Transitioning of America, Part 3. So I was thinking about this idea of the family, and at our very first Marriage Family Life Conference, I actually did a presentation where I looked at the family as the tool that the Lord uses Mm -hmm. to proliferate the gospel. I mean, this is the first exposure that we're supposed to have to the gospel. And I kind of went through as as I... um, as I love to do, looking at church history, of course, looking mm-hmm. at biblical accounts of what God did through the unit of the family yes. and um, how God continues to use the family Amen. to advance the gospel. I, I mean, just guys, if I stopped right there, we could call it a day. <laughs> if I stopped right there yeah. by saying that the Lord uses the family to proliferate the gospel, yeah. we could all pack up and go home with the weight of importance that the family deserves. Right, right. I mean, if the if the gospel is precious to you, and then I could we, really we could stop it. right there. And if we if really, we really believe, believe it, that's true. That's because always we can the kicker, know that right? in head knowledge, you know. But yet, how we play it out, how we act, you know, deal with it is totally different. So, to know it in our hearts and to to do it in our homes is a totally different thing, you know. Totally different thing. We got to connect those things. Yes, we got to connect what we what we know and what we to what we believe right like and then we've got to live uh in a way that says that those two things are connected so i was thinking about the family and just kind of a a a quick overview like um i I think we had a sister and i want to say her name is stacy maybe she was listening to us in oklahoma was it oh i can't remember but Stacy called in one day, um, and you may remember because we mentioned her after the show was over. She was fired up. Like oh, she was yeah. just like, right? And she said that she worked with an organization, I think, that um, um, helped those who've been uh, sex trafficked. Tra- yeah. And she she was talking about um, how when you, you've got these um, these groomers who they create a family like this, mm. this you know, and, and it was kind of really playing off of. Her comments played off of um, this this glitter family, this new idea mm. of creating a different type of unit that, you know, if your parents don't accept you, mm-hmm. we've got you. Right. Yeah. And so I want to kind of I want to stay there for just a second as we look at the transitioning of America. And I want to talk about um, this this unit, this institution, if you will, this this foundation that the Lord has built that is so strong. Now, mm. think about this, guys. Think about the family. Because we, and 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 by the end of the program, I, I probably am not going to go where you expect me to go. This is not a, this, well, I don't know where you expect me to go. So let me just keep going. All right, here we go. When God designed the family, mm-hmm. he designed an institution, a unit so strong that he will go back to his own design and use this. It's sort of like a foundational understanding that the Lord provides for us that he will then build on so that you will understand what Jesus secured for you in his death, burial and resurrection. You now have come into the family of God. Mm. Why does that have a weight? Why does that, (laughs) why is that significant to you? Well, because God lays the foundation for the family and the significance of it in the beginning. That's right. The man and the woman are to be one flesh. They are to be fruitful. They are to multiply. They are to fill the earth with what? Family units. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, When you go to Olive Garden, they don't say when you're here, your colleagues, (laughs) no they say when you're here you're family 
<laughs> right? Like you don't, you know, you, when somebody comes over to your house and, and, and they've been, you know, they've been a part of your life for a long time. They may not be a blood relative, but they've been a part of your life for a long time and they want to go in your fridge and you want them to know it's okay. You don't say, oh, go right ahead. We're neighbors. Right. No, you say we're family. Why? Because you're, you're trying to imply that there is something thick and strong that connects you. You're, you're trying to say that, man, we mm. have a deep, significant relationship, a deep, significant bond, that there is nothing else that really quite captures that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, and to the point that our sister was making, we see this language co-opted by gangs, mm-hmm. by human traffickers, yeah. by the mafia. Secret societies and the secret societies, right? Why? Because it's there. There is something fundamental. There is something mm-hmm. very basic in the building block that is the family. That mm-hmm. it's there is a there is a bond and there is a connectedness. And so we see all throughout Scripture how the Lord uses the family. Um, look, Noah was found to be righteous, and yet it's his whole family that the Lord spares mm-hmm. and brings through this worldwide flood. Um, we know the, the Philippian jailer jump into the new Testament, the Philippian jailer who asked what he must do to be saved or what must I do to be saved? And then, um, it's his whole family. Once the gospel is presented, it's his whole family Mm -hmm. that comes to faith in Christ. So the importance and Cornelius, (laughs) oh man, Cornelius family and friends really, (laughs) but family. Yeah. I, I am so animated in my thinking (laughs) that when I read the scriptures, I, some, some of it kind of plays out for me like a sight and sound, mm. <laughs> you know, like a sight and sound. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know sight and sound, right? Okay. And <laughs> and so I can just get a picture of Cornelius that mm. he is expecting Peter, yeah. right? He's already received this word from the Lord. So he is expecting Peter. And so Peter, I mean, Cornelius is like, I, this, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Round them up. So not only <laughs> his family, but everybody else, y'all, everybody. this is where y'all need to be. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an amazing picture, though, of the importance and the weight of the family. I want you to think about this. When we think about the Ten Commandments, man, and this is something that's really profound to think about. Two, at least two, of the Ten Commandments have bearing on the, um, on the familial unit. And these things are restated in the New Testament, mm. right? So it's like God runs a highlighter over this. So you've got children who are told to obey your parents, to honor your father and your mother, This is commandment number five is first commandment with a promise that your days may be long on the face of the earth. Right. And you think about this and then also not to commit adultery. So why, why is this important to the family? Well, because if you don't commit adultery, then you don't splinter the family. You, you, you don't, you don't break up your marriage. Right. And so why is this important? And, and, and the Lord continues to like drill this down, this picture of family. And then you go to John chapter one, which um, a long time ago we had our kids memorized. We kind of said it's a song, but you go to John, John chapter one, where John is saying that he, Jesus came to his own, to his own people, but they did not receive him. Mm. But then John says, but to all who did receive him, mm-hmm. who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's right. Children of God. So now you, you, you have family language being used again. Yeah. Now, those are all the those are all the highlights. Guys, I always have way more notes than I get to. Can I just tell you I have so much <laughs> scribbled on these legal pads, guys? I'm I, I probably should just give away all of the legal pads from every show. Anyway, not doing that. Okay. <laughs> but now the music kind of takes a dark turn because as I kind of have just scratched the surface, and, and that's man, it's a scratch of the scratch of the surface, right? When you talk about family, because you can really drill down on this. 
So strong is the family unit and the picture that God wants us to have of the family, um, the reverence that the family is due. Man, guys, we, we have treated the family like refuse. And this is in no way the way God intended the family to be treated or to be viewed. Remember, it's going to be familial language that the Lord will use to say, this is what Jesus did for you. He brought you into the family. The only way that that can have the proper weight is that you understand the importance of what it is to be mm. in a family. That's right. That's Guys, right. the way we have treated the family is not consistent with God's presentation of it. We mm. have to repent for that. We mm. have to repent for that. Oh, we have to repent. But now there's a, there's a, there's a, sort of a darker take, if you will, and that the weight and the strength of the family is so great and it is so strong that you've got powers of darkness that, you know, seek to, to co-opt it, mm. to commandeer it, to take it over, to counterfeit it. And this is what we see in all these other um, entities and these other groups that they will use family language, right, to kind of create this this counterfeit bond. But why? Because yeah. they're drawing from this understanding of the weight and the strength of the family. And so we see that now in um, glitter families as we talk about the transitioning of America, where you create these families where if you've got Christian parents, you've got Christian parents and maybe some of these parents. Well, and in fact, we I do know that you've got a, a fair amount of parents who are trying to save their children that they're not Christian. They're not Christian. Mm -hmm. They just are like, this is wrong. Right. This right. is wrong. Right. It's moral language. They are drawing from the Christian's God to mm -hmm. speak of right and wrong. They don't, know, they it don't yet. know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, even if they don't know it, this is, this is a fact. Yeah. But so now you've got these glitter families where increasingly what you find is children being wrestled away from the familial unit and brought into this counterfeit family. Mm. Why? Because in the family unit, there is the opportunity for influence. There is the opportunity for transmission. Mm -hmm. There is the opportunity for growth. Guys, look, I'm now all of this language that I'm using, you're thinking like positively. Because that's the positive outcome of the family, that there is the opportunity for growth. There is the opportunity to be nurtured. There is the opportunity for transmission, right? So you've got truth that is going to proliferate in the family. Yeah. But think about what a counterfeit does. And you add the weight of that and the impact of the family. Because this, the family, God has made the family what it is. Yeah, yeah. So you take this now and you've got all these counterfeits that are cropping up with the same type of expectations mm. solidarity transmission growth you know what i mean like nurturing all, all of these things but with a very wicked wicked bent mm. guys this is not a small fight that we are up against as we look at the transitioning of america all right we'll grab the break and then we'll look at what's happening currently in the news headlines to kind of make the point. All that glitters, all that glitters. We'll be right back. You are every breath I breathe in. You are every breath I breathe out. You are every breath in me, God. Every moment in your hands. Every
Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Really do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Forever Jones with Every Moment. Um, Miki, no. you made a point, yes. just real quick. You made a point mm-hmm. about the wrestling away that these counterfeit families desire to do um, and and give them a false sense of what family is, you know. But they, they wrestle them away, and they turn them against them. Yes. You know, they become like enemies. Like, you don't need those parents. They, mm-hmm. They're trying to stop you from doing what you mm-hmm. want to do. You know, it's a, it's a rebellion against authority. That's you know, exactly it's right. It's like at the root of, of this as well. It's like, you know, not only want you to leave that idea of family, but mm-hmm. hate that. You know, yes. hate it as well. Yes. You yes, know? because it is it is viewed as so if you if you are wrestled away from your family, then you actually create a new loyalty. Mm-hmm. Right. And so so this loyalty that was once automatic in the context of family is now redefined. So you're wrestled away and you have to create um, you have to create this hatred that you're talking about. Will the great like mm-hmm. you have to create this disdain for your actual family unit right. so that you can kind of like rustle up that um, that loyalty mm-hmm. that doesn't naturally exist in that other direction. Right. There is no loyalty there. So how do you create that? Well, you've got to you've got to vilify your natural family. Mm-hmm. You've got to make your natural family your enemies. And guys, by the way, let me say this. This is happening with these glitter families where you've got the creation of a new type of family. This is also happening in government schools where now government schools are doubling, doubling as the parental unit. I want to, I want to share some more information with you on that. And then also you've got these influencer families, right? Where you've got these social media influencers who Mm. are like, they sit down, you watch some of their videos and guys, excuse me, this is fresh on my mind, but, but you watch some of their videos, right? And, and they sit down and they're just like, Hey, how's your day today? Like, how's everything going? You good? You good? Like, you know, do, you know, did you feel understood today? Did you, how, how are you doing? Like what, what issues are you having? You know? And then they go into like disclosure. They start sharing, you know, how their day is. And, and usually it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a kind of just bad enough day to where there's a certain amount of, you know, what is viewed as vulnerability. And why is that? Because that's how you solicit these, um, you know, these responses that are just, hey, um, you know, you guys like this video. Encourage me. I need some. And it's crazy because there's always there's like something, you know, in exchange. And it's anyway, there's there's more that that could be said about the way those videos are done. But that's not the topic today. It may be coming (laughs) up, maybe in the transitioning of America part four. I don't know. I don't know. But today, what I want to do is I want to talk about how. Our kids are being wrestled away, away from the unit, the family unit that God gave you that is strong. Mm. It's dependable. It's reliable. And it works. This is God's idea. So here's the story. There are actually two stories. And um, and I'll share this first one with you. So this story is from LifeSite News. Um, you've got an Oklahoma middle school teacher who it looks like is being fired because of a TikTok video that surfaced where he was telling students that if their parents didn't accept them. Now, I want to just give a disclaimer here. Even though we we bleep out the offensive language, 
you may have some kids who are just kind of a little bit, you know, in tuned and they may have questions. So just for a few seconds here, maybe about 30 seconds, you might want to just turn it down. Um, but this, this is the position of the glitter family. Listen. Hey, if your parents don't love and accept you for who you are this Christmas, now. I'm your parents now. I'm proud of you. Drink some water. I love you. Bye. I'm your parents now. I'm your parents now. Eighth grade teacher um, was apparently a part of a Facebook group uh, called Advocating for, this is in Owasa, Owasa, Oklahoma, um, was a part of a face group, a Facebook group uh, advocating for Owasa LGBTQIA plus youth. And it's interesting because I was reading this article, this is a LifeSite news article where uh, this man, uh, let's see, what is his name? Tyler Wren, Tyler Wren was this teacher, said apparently he was fired because he was just a little too vocal about supporting our LGBTQIA plus kids. Oh, that's it? <laughs> that's that's what it is? Uh. You know what else is interesting to me? Now, I just throw this in for good measure. This, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much this really has to do, well, in my opinion, maybe a little bit of everything it has to do with who, who's teaching your kids? Mm. Who's yes. teaching your kids? That matters. So it it, it, it absolutely matters. matters. Yes. So according to LifeSite News, they went to his TikTok account and he describes himself as a radical teacher, chaotic mm. good. Mm. His pronouns are they and them. And also in his TikTok um, profile, he says his wife will hex you. Mm. Wow. There's a video on his TikTok. Guys, excuse me, I'm going to share this with you. But there's a video on his, tic on his TikTok where he's talking about uh, teaching children in a rural Missouri school, okay, about so-called white privilege. And this is what he said, quote, I swear to Satan, it's the bravest thing I've ever done. Wow. So he's, but he. Wow. Behold your teacher. Man, that's crazy. Guys, I, you know. It matters. Who, I'm just saying, yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. These, these are the people that we're that we're entrusting to our teachers or to our children. These are the teachers that we're entrusting to our children yeah. or entrusting our children to, I should say. So. So why is this important? It's important because this is not the only place that it's happening. Mm. Earlier this year, there was a sign posted in a Wisconsin high school that read that read, quote, if your parents aren't accepting of your identity, I'm your mom now. Wow. It featured a picture. Of course, it was, you know, emblazoned with rainbow flag and rainbow colors and, and hashtag free mom hugs. And it showed a picture of a mama bear and her cubs. Now, what is that? Now, what does that kind of conjure up? So so if your parents aren't accepting of your identity. I'm your mom now and and I'm the mom of the caliber of like the mama bear. I'm, I'm going to protect you Wait, from 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 my parents. <laughs> yes, from your parents. That's it. Guys, this is intentional. This this is not an accidental sort of like depiction. This is right. not we hope the kids will get this is no, I'm I'm going to protect you from anyone who would hurt you, especially your parents. This mm. is your new family. Now look, I was I'm 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 going through this book here. I'm reading this book. I'm going through this book. I'm reading this book. And I, and I mentioned this book before, and I, I want to recommend that you read it. I think I'm going to try again to get Abigail Schreier on. We tried back in 2020 and I want to say it was 2020 and we just couldn't, she wasn't doing interviews. I imagine it's probably because of the immense bullying, but I'm not, you know, I'm not upset. I just, you know, <laughs> just would like to talk to her about her work. Right. In this book, 
um, Abigail Schreier sat down with a woman named Judy Chasson. Judy Sasson. And let me describe to you or let me read to you who she who she is. And then I want to read to you what she said, because remember, we're talking about um, the, the replacement of family and how you have people who kind of reveal their cards. And then when they think they've revealed too much, they kind of try to like kind of walk it back. Mm-hmm. So this is just an example. So Judy Chesson, I guess is how you would say her name. She's program coordinator for human relations, diversity and equity, which tells you a lot that you need to know (laughs) for the Los Angeles Unified School District, which is the second largest school district in the United States with more than 600,000 students Mm. attending more than 1200 schools. Judy Chesson oversees all policy with regard to sexual orientation and gender identity education in her district. This is what she said when she sat down for an interview with Abigail Schreier for this book. This is what she said, quote, I think that society looks to schools because we have access to children to be able to address a lot of social issues. Now, listen to this. Lean in for a second. She says, not that we're replacing family. Wait, why would you even say that? though? Right. Ju- like, Judy, why because would you? You are trying to. Y- you see what I'm saying? Like, You're you know, like your hand. Um, <laughs> So sometimes, let me just say, sometimes it's not always the case that when a person says not that I'm saying this, sometimes it's not the case that they're actually saying that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they really are just trying to make sure that you understand them well. Yeah. Okay. But other times, that's actually what they're saying. (laughs) Like, but they feel like that might be too strong. So here's the way I say it without saying it. I say not to say. Mm -hmm. Right. Not like it, it's like, you know, it's like, so anyway. what are you saying? So you know? what are you saying? That's, that's, so that's what are question. you saying? What, what, what are you saying? So here we go. Mm-hmm. She goes, not that we're replacing family, but things that used to be the exclusive domain of family or society. We're now asking schools to look at those a little more intentionally. Who's oh, asking? That sounds to... like a replace. Who? Right. <laughs> we're not. Who's asking schools yes. to look at this more intensely? <laughs> right. 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 Great question. Yeah. Great question. Which to me, actually, what you just described, Judy, girl, that sounds like replacement. I mean, <laughs> right. if, if, exactly. if you're saying that there are things that the family once did that now you're asking the schools to do. Wow. Yeah. Not according to like the re- parents. A lot of the parents are like, we're not asking you to do this. <laughs> but here's the dealio. Here's the dealio. If you say not that we're replacing family, then you're good. You're good. It means that you're actually wow. not replacing family. Yeah. OK. Sure. If you just if you just go on record saying not that we're replacing family. Can I share with you a couple other things from Judy? Judy, in her interview with Abigail Schreier for the book, Irreversible Damage. Look at what she says. She's talking about LGBTQ students. Now, listen, I'm quoting here. LGBTQ students, quote, need to have teachers and parents who are very comfortable. Just go ahead. Say the word gay. Say it out loud, you know, in a very positive way. (laughs) Talk about transgender. Talk about gender diversity. Talk about your transgender uncle. This needs to just be a part of our daily conversation. That's what they need. (laughs) And, and look, and when that need and when let me let me go back. That's what they need. And they need when that happens, they need their parents to call the school and say thank you. Mm. When all of these things that she just said, let me just summarize. When all of these things happen, when they start talking about transgenderism, when they're wow. saying gay out loud and proud. And, and, the parents and, and need to thank then, then the parents need to call the school and say thank wow. you. Wow. Man, One other quote wow. <laughs> from Dr. Judy Chasson. Quote, the reasons that a lot of teachers are hesitant to address LGBTQ issues in the schools is because they're worried about what the parents might say. 
And the parents do call up and they complain. They're upset. She says, yes, quote, yes, we serve the community. But in some places we have to lead the community. Mm. But not that we're replacing family, though. We're not. But we're not replacing family. Okay. so before you go thinking that, Will the Great, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes. We're not replacing. You said that in the beginning, but everything Mm -hmm. after that said that you're replacing. Hello. So so what to me. That's like a thesis statement. <laughs> Just, that's, wow. like a, that's your thesis, right? Like that's that's your that's your opening statement, and then and then you know you just because you say not that I'm saying this, like I mean, that guys, don't cancel we, everything out that you no, said. No, it does not. No, wow. it does not. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. And 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 let me just let me say this, you know, because there there are conversations about um, what what we are up against in our public school system, and how we've got children who you can call it what you want but the bottom line plain and simple is that our kids are being wrestled away from family and Christians and this is this is tragic Christians have so devalued family that you've got parents who find their worth and their significance and everything else but the family you've got moms truly moms truly who would rather post about their perfect family than actually perfect their family like actually minister to their families. They're, they're more concerned about updating and, and, and sharing and, and all of these things and Instagramming rather than getting down in the, in the muck and the mire and shaping your kids and caring about their character. And now, man, I would say we've got an epidemic of kids who are disrespectful. They do not respect their parents. And as if God's idea, as if God's command has changed. God still says, honor your father and your mother. And you've got some kids, they talk to their parents like they grew up together. Mm. And look, you see a a lot of young kids losing their lives as well. Because God's word is true. Because God's word is true. Because God's word is true. Another article here from uh, LifeSite News. They are looking at the work that Christopher Rufo is is doing. Christopher Rufo, I, I will tell you, I gave him a hard time in his accolades of, you know, affirming Which homosexuality. He, he did deserve it. <laughs> and he absolutely deserved that. Um, but he really is doing an incredible work for parents. If you're paying attention and and reading his investigative reports and, and the things that he's sharing, he really is doing us. <laughs> He's doing us a solid. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. She's Betty. Um, but but look, LifeSite News refers to um, an article that Christopher Rufo is bringing back to the national conversation. And this is an article from last year. Um, Grooming of students begins with personal disclosure of teachers' sexual preferences. This is according to a respected professor. Let me make sure you understand what I just said. A trusted and respected professor released a study last year which outlined the common ways that school employees groom children for sexual abuse. One of the ways that they do that is that they disclose information about their personal lives. Mm. Now think about that. Okay, so what did we see coming out of Florida when we had the restoration of parental authority in school? That's what I call it, right? I mean, just like... That's what it should have been. You you have the authority over your children. God gave it to you. It's not something you have to work for. It's not something you have to declare. God gave you that authority. And what's more, he commanded that your children would respect you. 
and now you've got so many parents who are downgrading. Guys, I know I'm shifting here, but let me, who parents are downgrading and trying to be their kid's friend. So they want to be, they want to be like the kid. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, leaving the door open, leaving the door open yep. for groomers yep. because there are no boundaries anywhere. So now you've got teachers who actually feel entitled to have a certain access to your children. When wow. we come back, I'm going to play a clip for you of a teacher lamenting that he's not going to be able to talk about his personal life. <laughs> we'll be right back. Trying to turn your little boy into a princess And they ain't even gave him a chance to be a prince yet They sick agenda telling you to let him clip his member what? He can't even pick his bedtime, but he could pick his gender oh. They say that I ain't woke, I say they ignorant, they ignorant. See, I remember how the pilgrims Thanks. did the Indians Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons <laughs> on American Family Radio 888-589-8840 Still got a couple of clips we want to get to But this will give Sherry B some time to get your calls all queued up. 888-589-8840. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Bizzle with Poppin'. All right, so here from LifeSite News, as debate continues over Florida's anti-grooming law and other states consider or pass similar legislation to crack down on sexualized LGBT-related classroom discussions, Rufo has drawn attention to a paper from last year by Professor Carol Shakeshaft, and others that explains common practices of predators. Mm. They examined 222 cases of school employees' sexual misconduct toward a student where a school employee was convicted of student sexual abuse and identified some common patterns and practices. Quote, stopping sexual misconduct directed towards students means understanding the process that adults use to prepare a student to be abused <laughs> so that that student will not fight and acquiesce. Mm. Shake Shaft and her fellow researchers wrote this in a paper published at the beginning of the school year. Quote, this process called grooming has the purpose of gaining student trust as well as the trust of parents and colleagues. According to the nation's leading expert on school sexual abuse, red flag grooming behaviors include personal disclosure of adult sexual activity and preferences and questions to students about their sexual lives. Now let's just compare that information out last year to the lamenting of one Florida teacher as there's some desantizing going on <laughs> down in Florida to protect students. You've got teachers decrying the law that will protect these students that will stop the sexualization of these students. And what are they decrying? The fact that they're not going to be able to disclose their personal lives. Hmm. Mm. Guys, you can't make it up. Even if you tried, you, you could not make it up. This is clip two. Uh, joining me now is Corey Bernard, a kindergarten teacher at Barbara A. Harvey Elementary in Parrish, Florida. He is openly gay and has spoken about how uh, this new law is going to impact his classroom. Corey, thank you so much for joining us this, uh, this morning. We appreciate it. Just give me first Thank your reaction you for having me. Excited to, to be here to the Florida governor signing this um, into law. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's twofold. It really hits hard um, in my heart professionally and uh, personally, both uh, professionally. It, it truly makes me feel like um, I am not trusted as a professional. Um, I know my kindergarten standards through and through and um, nowhere in our curriculum does it have anything about um, teaching 
sexual orientation or sexual identity. Um, so for them to, to say that, that, that that's happening, um, that, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, we should be able to have discussions, and, and that's what we're encouraged to do in kindergarten. And then personally, because, um, you know, my, my kids do have questions. They want to know who the, uh, my partner is in pictures yeah. outside of my classroom, and I should be able to speak to that. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. And right. man, on, man, I gotta go to New Orleans for it. They ain't your children. Get a get a teacher in there talking about their faith. They're just right, right. <laughs> What's gonna happen Come to on. that teacher? You Come know, on. talking I, about I should Jesus. Be able to speak to that. I should. Hey, that's that's, that's my kids. Yeah, my kids are my depressed. Life. My kids have social anxiety like I've never seen before. <laughs> I know the one who will alleviate that. Come on. I should be able to speak to that. I should be able to Come minister. On. I'm sorry. We have to break the feed. I'm sorry. We have to. <laughs> the interview would be over. They're not your children. No, you do not have the right to sexualize them. No, you do not have the right to stand in place of their parents and talk to them about things that you will give your take on. Mm. That you will inculcate your values into. No, you do not have the right to do that. Guys, this is what you're up against. This is when you drop your kids off in the morning. Please make no mistake about it. These people believe that you are bringing your kids to them and that they are theirs. This is not a joke. And so when your kids come home and you tell your kid to do something and your kid's like, well, Mr. So-and-so says they are telling you you are not the authority. The teacher is the authority. So now everything that we see coming out, spilling out into the culture mm-hmm. is actually running a highlighter over this and saying we've always we've always owned them. We're now we're just come, bold enough to say it. We're coming for your children. We're going to go to the phone lines here in just a second. But before we do that, we'll come out. We'll come out of clip three um, and, and go right to the phone lines. Clip three. So, so do you worry that you won't even be able to talk about your own personal home life? I mean, I, I have a child in kindergarten right now. I know exactly that my, ch- my child has two teachers, one of which has a daughter at home um, and is single. The other is married and has four children. I, I know everything about their lives because my kid tells me. Absolutely. You are 100% correct. Um, That's what we do as educators. We build relationships with our kids. And in order to build relationships, you talk about your home life. You talk about what you do on the weekends. That's building community. It scares me to death that I am not going to be able to have these conversations with my children because they're going to ask me what I did on the weekend. I don't want to have to hide that my partner and I went paddle boarding this weekend because Mm -hmm. then they ask, well, what does partner mean, Mr. Bernard? And, you know, I'm worried. Can I tell them what it means? I'm also worried for my kids. I have a little girl this year who has two moms and the kids are curious about her two moms. They want to know about her two moms. You know, if they come to if they go to her and ask her about her two moms and she doesn't know what to say, they're going to come to me and ask me. And then, you know, so what do I do? It just it opens up uh, for parents to really take some legal action against the schools and teachers. And I I am afraid uh, for myself, my colleagues and my students. You just all you all you all you have to do. Uh, look, all you have uh, to do is tell that kid to ask his or her mom or dad. Did you ask That's, your teachers like about their weekends? Will listen, <laughs> when you were a kinder, when I saw my teacher in the grocery store, <laughs> I had a. It was like, wait, you actually you eat food? <laughs> like you shop? Like you remember that the, there was a difference right. between you and you the teacher when a you saw place. the teacher yeah. outside, like. A classroom, you were like, wait, (laughs) in the library, you you read books that are like you. Whoa. No, it is not your job to build relationships. No, it is your job to educate, to teach. That's it. 
Right. And I shouldn't say education because <laughs> they now believe that that includes everything. We're going to educate them on everything. <sighs> Nobody cares about what you did. Nobody cares about your paddle boarding. This is and, and then he's a kindergarten teacher. Like, are man, you are you really on, telling man. me that you want to sit down with a five year old and, 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 and like, you know, um, you know, see Jane run. And so then also this weekend <laughs> I'm paddle boarding with my partner and then he fell off. And then, you know, what's a partner? Why? Why is that important to your to your lesson plan? Man. Why does that need to come up? All right, 888-589. I'm so sorry. That was so common the way I just responded to that. But guys, that's how I honestly feel about it. Okay? This is this is ridiculous. And 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 parents, look, we have got to be stirred awake. Yeah. We've got to be stirred awake. All right. 888-589-8840. Really Ooh. great. Where do we go first? Let's go to it says Debness in Texas. Hello. 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 <laughs> wow. I can't believe it. I'm talking Sorry. to you. I've been listening for years uh, in my service truck. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank awesome. you. Uh, oh, I love you guys. You're so bold and you give me courage. So Praise much courage. Um, but uh, my son, he joined the Air Force uh, because, you know, uh, his father passed away when he was young. And so I asked him if he wanted to join ROTC to get some male leadership and all. And so he did, and he did really well. I'm going to try to get this really fast so there's other callers. So um, anyway, um, his best friend he in boot camp was a, a, a young black man, and he got really close to, and his father is an apostolic minister. Um, anyway, so pretty soon I'm talking to him on the phone, and he says, my pastor says that I have to hate my parents to follow him. Okay. I'm like, okay, red flag. <laughs> I know the Lord said that, but this this wasn't proper context. Right. This is how I knew about him before he was born. He's my baby, and I had him to honor my husband, who passed away, you know, nine years ago. And I had him because the Lord told me to. Okay. I was 40 years old. Um, now, I have had three other children. But meanwhile, you know, our family was hurting a little bit, you know. Um, we've had some other things going on. My daughter passed away. Um, things like that. Uh, it, it just is so wrong. This, this man says that if you don't tithe, you're cursed with a curse, you know. So he brings up that Malachi thing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sketchy, and he's very mean to me. Mm. Debness, let me let me just say. So I hope that you'll email us because I, I would like to respond to you um, in a little bit greater detail than yeah. I have time to do on the air. Um, this sounds like a different type of um, training here that's going on with your son. And I, man, I, I feel I feel really sorry for you because you just in the two examples that you gave just on air, there is already, as our brother Abraham says, great violence done to the scriptures here. (laughs) I mean, great violence done to the scriptures, the ripping of the scriptures from their proper context, um, the, 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 the utilization of the scriptures, um, to, to shape, right. Mm -hmm. And, and to pull away, um, that is, that is really concerning. That is really concerning. And, and so, I, I would be very concerned 
what you have just what you have just shared is a major prayer point. Um, that is not just that is not just mom mom concern. Okay, that is of eternal concern. Yeah. I I could say some more, but I would I would love to put it to you in an email. So if you could just Addison's at AFR.net, Addison's at AFR.net. There's some other things that I want to share with you about what you just said that I think should be of great concern to you as well. That that you did not you did not specifically list, but um anyway, please Debness, email me. Email us. All right. Will the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Lori in Oklahoma. Hi, Lori. Hey, guys. Um, I'm the lady you were talking to last week that I told you about the grooming and the trafficking. Lori. Yes. Lori from Oklahoma. Listen, you guys are on fire today. <laughs> on God bless fire. You. And I'm driving around in my car. I have to do a lot for my job sometimes. And so I'm always listening to you guys. And Thank you. I've only got one problem with the show's program today. Uh-oh. I think it ought to be mandatory in every blood-bought church that this program today is aired inside the church to wake up these sleeping, naive Christian parents mm-hmm. about putting these children in this concentration camp of mm-hmm. filth and expecting that righteousness to come up un- uh, unchanged. Mm-hmm. I mean, you dip a cloth in filth, it's going to get filth on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about with the grooming, you are hitting the hammer on the hill 150%. It's everywhere. It's happening. There's all kinds of craziness going on. But um, we need you guys to shout it from the mountaintops. We need you to be explosive with this information because you're dead right. And you know Aww. what? From the beginning of time, the enemy of our soul has tried to corrupt the family. And he did it mm-hmm. in the garden with Adam and Eve. And you know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah? When they couldn't get what they wanted, they wanted what God set in to rescue Lot and his family. They wouldn't take what they were offered. They wanted to take what they were not to have, which was God's elect. And as Mm. believers, we are God's elect. They have been coming for these kids for a long time. What's going on with the uh, Supreme Court justice, what's going on with fighting to protect our kids? Listen. They think there's something wrong with us because we don't want our kids woke sexually. We are including mm-hmm. our kids minds and mentalities. And I don't know whose rap song that was, but talking about <laughs> the fact that he can choose his gender before he can pick his bedtime, come on. Come I am on. old and I got that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you, Lori. Lori, thank you. I'm so glad you called in. Lori, I'm going to look, I'm going to remember this now. All right, because you may you were just so fired up. I'm telling you, though, the things that you're hitting on and the things that we're trying to really drill down in today is if this is a matter of eternity, shouldn't we care? Shouldn't we care? Let's try to squeeze in one more phone call before the end of the show. All right, let's go to Daniel in Texas. Hi, Daniel. Hey, uh, good afternoon. I love you. Uh, First of all, Will Will on Wednesdays makes my day. Thank you. Um, Mickey. I just want to say I love you and adore you when you say oh, Will the Great. Awesome. Um, two points. Um, as a dad and as a career law enforcement, how is it not deemed criminal to teach a child anything sexual? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and, and where is the if I had a family member about they can look at the internet, they can on their phones, and you know they can discuss it amongst other children. Yeah, sure, but 
adult communicates these, these things to a child, I think that that's nothing less than criminal. So, yes. I agree with you. And and so let me tell you, I don't have enough time to go into detail. I'll get as much as I, out as I can. The organization SECUS, I covered this um, in my presentation um, last year at the Marriage Family Life Conference. They have done an incredible job working behind the scenes to change the type of sexual education that kids can receive in school so that what they present is not criminalized, right? So you've got to have a lot of different wheels kind of spinning at one time. You've got to have a social movement where parents really just are checked out and don't know what kids are being taught. 15 seconds. Okay. (laughs) Um, Maybe on Thursday, I'll give a longer answer to you, Daniel. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.